0: Hello and welcome back to The Crude Report. This is a podcast series from Argus Media covering uh, events and issues in global crude oil markets. My name is James Gooder. I'm a VP for Crude at Argus Media based in London and I'm very pleased to welcome back uh, our VP for China Crude and Products, Tom Reed. Hi, James. Hi Tom. Good to be with you. Um, well, China's back in the news. Uh, is it ever out of the news? Oh, China. <laughs> and uh, this week it seems to me that the, uh, the, the issue is that long awaited uh, crude import quotas are uh, finally being um, assigned. You know, what is being imported into China has a huge impact on crude markets everywhere else. So perhaps you can first of all tell us why is this long awaited? What's, what's new and what's been the impact of the delay?
1: Yeah, no, it's I mean, it, it has been keeping the market, I think it's fair to say, on tenterhooks for some time. The government's been doling out this year's import quotas for uh, independent refiners piecemeal, you know, rather than handing out a huge majority of import rights at the start of the year, as it is it used to, to a, to a larger extent. This goes back to its unhappiness, the government's unhappiness with the discovery that uh, quite a few refiners You know, for example, if they had refinery turnarounds, if the refinery shut, uh, they would resell or trade these import rights, which the government sees as being a privilege rather than a right. Right. Um, So he's pretty upset about that. And and as a result, it's very much staggered uh, the release of the last of this year's expected import quotas over three issuances. Um, There was one in August, which was quite significant, and then there have actually been two uh, this month. And I think it's fair to say uh, that this demonstration of bureaucratic power that the government has just kind of gone in for really did put the wind up the market. In the past, you'd see independent refiners in China buy crude three or maybe four months ahead of delivery. Uh, And this year, there's been a lot more prompt buying, a lot more of refiners buying closer to delivery, simply because uh, a lot of them no longer had any certainty about their future ability to to actually import those cargoes, to clear those cargoes through Chinese customs.
0: Right. It's a real kind of hand-to-mouth
1: approach. Yeah yeah absolutely and and in, in particular you know um there was a lot of uncertainty over quotas uh, which were expected to be allocated to a firm called Rongshang uh, this runs China's biggest refinery. It's an 800,000-barrel-a-day refinery called ZPC in Zhejiang province on the East Coast. That level of uncertainty had a particular impact on sour crude markets because uh, Rongsheng has always tended to be a very, very uh, visible presence on the Mideast Gulf sour crude spot markets, you know, buying like buying up Zakam in these monthly spot tenders. And then between July and October, it essentially vanished from the Middle East Gulf market, uh, and was forced um, because it was running out of import rights uh, to cut runs at its refinery and to cut crude buying, and and that you know that has caused considerable alarm. But it came back into the market earlier this month and began buying crude for December delivery, even though it didn't yet have any quotas. But I think a lot of people did think, ah, oh, you know, maybe things are returning to normal, and they now have, I think, to a large extent
0: given the delays that we've seen so far just in terms of the volumes like how do this year's imports compare to previous years i mean obviously last year was a bit of a an outlier but uh, how how are the imports looking
1: just thinking literally about chinese crude imports obviously this year they are running uh, year to date far far lower in january september than they than they were so far year to date we're down about 600,000 barrels a day it's averaging about 10.4 million barrels a day october is looking like it's going to be another weak month for imports according to um, our surveys, October imports going to be the lowest uh, so far this year, and probably the lowest since uh, July 2019. And a lot of that is down to the reluctance of independent refiners to buy crude, which they might not be able to land.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, but perhaps now that some of that uncertainty is being cleared up, we will see a bit of an uptick in uh, spot market activity and buying, right? Mm, yeah, and we are starting to
1: see that already. And I think a lot of uh, you know suppliers are rubbing their hands in glee right now.
0: I bet they are. Um, So, I mean, you've told us a bit about Ron Sheng, which is interesting. Have there been any other changes or any other uh, surprises in the list of refiners that have been granted import quotas by the Ministry of Commerce this time?
1: Um, There there haven't really been any significant changes, I would say. You know, a handful of the refiners, which which had admitted to trading quotas earlier this year, last year, uh, maybe didn't get any in the later batches awarded this year. But those are pretty small in the scheme of things the really significant uh, absence from that list in early october you know when the when the the, the latest batch uh, came out was Rongsheng. This is a huge textile producer with very very strong political support from the local government where its refinery is built. And for a long time, uh, Rongsheng was you know held up as this kind of poster child for a new model of highly integrated petrochemical focused refinery in China. um uh, But then you know today uh, we're recording this obviously in the twenty fifth. It's going to go out uh, a few days later. It did get a quota and a large one too. Uh, today, uh, Rongsheng actually uh, announced that it's it's received this quota, that's equivalent to uh, 240,000 barrels a day over the full year, or, or nearly 90 million barrels. So the market has today, you know, gone up uh, quite a lot as a result of that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Is it Are they likely to be able to use all of that quota?
1: Um, No, and I think there's still some discussion about whether they'll be allowed to carry some of that volume over into 2022, because, you know, we're already seeing a lot of uh, January 2022 cargoes trading in the market. And so it would make sense for, for some of that volume to spill over into next year. Historically, though, the government has been quite strict. Uh, that if you apply for 400,000 pounds a day of crude import rights uh, in a a given year, you have to use them in that year and use them or lose them. If you don't use them up, then Mm -hmm. the following year, you will get awarded a smaller uh, import allowance. But I think, you know, given the lateness of the day, uh, it, it was it probably rather unreasonable to expect uh, Rongsheng to to you know go into the spot market and buy ninety million barrels of crude for delivery yeah. to China before before December. I think there's probably going to be a bit of leeway around that.
0: That could have caused a certain um, certain amount of turmoil. Interesting. So I mean, you've talked a little bit about the. Uh, the boost in spot market activity, suppliers kind of circling this this newly re-emerged opportunity. But can you tell us a little bit more about the impact on the market itself, just in terms of the prices and, and how significant this in is in the broader demand picture in China and, and the, the wider region?
1: It, it is It is pretty significant because not least China is experiencing its own version currently you know, of a squeeze in diesel markets. Um, And a lot of that is because independent refiners, both in Shandong, up in Liaoning, where you've got another cluster of independent refiners, and Rongsheng down in Zhejiang province have been cutting runs because they don't have the import rights to sustain throughput levels at the sort of uh, rates we saw earlier this year. On top of that, you know, we're seeing a lot of incremental demand spill over from the power generation market where a lot of factories have had to buy diesel markets. So there's a there's a shortage of product supply in China. Um, and I think it you know it, allowing independent refiners greater access to crude imports is going to help remedy that. And we're now in a situation where the Chinese government, having appeared very reluctant to continue to give private sector firms import rights, and I I stress the word appear here, because it's far from clear that Beijing ever really was genuinely reluctant to continue to give import rights to refiners. It's actually given out more import rights now this year than it did in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, so far, it's, it's handed out 3.8 million pounds a day of import rights. Last year, it handed out 3.7 million pounds a day. That difference is small, but I think it is significant, uh, certainly in terms of market sentiment. I think it does send quite a, a powerful si- signal to the market. And I think it's likely to be uh, very supportive to prices in an already uh, red hot market
0: at the moment. Well, exactly. I mean, it is a very hot market. Prices are as high as they have been in three years at least. East and before that, uh, I mean that peak in 2018 was uh, anomalous too, and before that we hadn't seen anything like this for for the decade previous. So, well, I mean I'm thinking about the kind of crudes that are most in demand over there now. You've talked about some of the sour and Middle East crudes being picked up by Rongcheng and so on, but uh, it's quite a wide. Uh, Brent Dubai spread at the moment and high, relatively high freight rates too so it's quite difficult to bring Atlantic Basin crudes profitably into uh, East Asia and China at the moment so that's potentially kind of choking off one source of supply and, and keeping that Mideast east sour market supply but what kind of crudes are you seeing kind of coming into the market This kind of Spot market right now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that is an absolutely fascinating central point, isn't it? At the moment, I mean, mm. because of you know, it's, and it's a seasonal thing because of the, the the very very high cost of gas. We're seeing hydro treating uh, costs go up for refiners. It's costing a lot more to refine uh, to desulfurize those sour barrels, and 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 that is proving very supportive of right. the sweet grades, which independent refiners in China broadly favour. And, you know, the strongest price response we've seen so far in the market, the DES market is Espo the light, sweet, uh, Russian grade, which really sits on the doorstep of China, of Shandong province in particular. Uh, and Shandong is, of course, the home to the majority of China's independent refiners. Premiums to Brent for Espo blend on a delivered China DES basis, they've they've shot up by a dollar in the last month. Wow. Uh, and typically, you know, when independent refiners buy more crude, it'll tend to be Espo blend, Tempi, or or Tupi, or, or from Brazil or Johan Sverdut. But I think, uh, and this kind of goes back to what we started talking about. Uh, you know, because of the delays relating to the release of this year's quotas, we've seen a lot of that demand shift from the long-haul grades from Brazil, from nor- Norway, into short-haul grades like Espo blend, which you can, you know, take delivery of relatively rapidly in yeah. China. And I think that's going to be uh, essential to to increasing supply of diesel. To your other point, you know, the cost of delivering crude to China is very high because of the EFS, because of rising freight rates. Um, but you know. Uh, just to refer back to that diesel shortage that I mentioned, refining margins in China now are incredibly strong uh, and and perfectly capable, I think, of supporting uh, those kind of uh, arbitrage economics.
0: That's interesting. I mean, just again, to think back to 2008, uh, those of us been around for a while, uh, I mean, the, the reason that we had those very high crude prices, of course, that was the time when crude topped 147 dollars a barrel was exactly because of a shortage of low sulfur diesel. And there's very wide crack spreads for that kind of product. So perhaps we're seeing something of a rerun of that.
1: Well, I mean, that is really interesting. That is very paradoxical. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? I mean, those kind of level of diesel cracks that we saw then, that was a result of China's industrialization. its rapid growth. And Mm. here, uh, you know, the diesel shortage that they're experiencing in China is in many ways uh, a reaction to its kind of attempt to de-industrialize, to reduce its emissions. And that's why they've got these electricity shortages.
0: Fascinating. Well, Tom, we'll wrap it up there, but thanks ever so much for joining us. My pleasure. And uh, of course, uh, you can read all about this in the very next uh, edition of Argus China Petroleum, which Tom will be coming out very soon, right?
1: Yep, yep. Be out on uh, Thursday.
0: And of course, don't forget that you can also get daily prices news analysis for internationally traded crude streams. So have a look at the Argus crude service at argusmedia.com. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And do please join us again on the next episode of The Crude Report.